Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. <laughs> Kia ora everybody, I'm Jordan, host of the Kiwi Birth Tales podcast. It's my hope that you find support and comfort in these stories and I'm really looking forward to bringing you today's episode. Just a reminder before we get started that these are personal experiences and you should always seek medical advice before making any important decisions. I'm not an advocate for any particular model of birth or birth care, and this is simply a platform to share these empowering Kiwi birth tales with you all. In today's episode of Kiwi Birth Tales, I speak with Matilda Green about the birth of her son Milo. Matilda takes us through her pregnancy experience where she did a few different calm birth and hypnobirthing courses, which helped her to achieve a really beautiful home birth. Matilda then also talks about her experience after birth, where they spent a night or two in the birth center, as well as her experience with some post-baby blues, breastfeeding challenges, and everything else that comes along with having a newborn. So I'm really grateful to Matilda for joining me on the podcast for this episode, and I hope you enjoy it. Just before we jump into this week's episode, I wanted to let you know that it's actually sponsored by Lucy Burns at The Sleep Scout. So Lucy is awesomely supportive of the podcast and she's been really great coming on board and sponsoring us. So thank you, Lucy. Lucy is a certified infant and child sleep consultant and also a registered nurse. She's dedicated in supporting parents through the journey of teaching their little ones the very important skill of sleep. So if you're struggling with early morning wake-ups, routines, nap refusals, excessive night wake-ups, then look no further. All you need to do is contact Lucy via Instagram at the Sleep Scout or head to thesleepscout.co.nz and use the promo code KIWI for 10% off a sleep package. The Sleep Scout by Lucy Burns, a leading infant and child sleep consultant. Hi, Matilda. Thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today. Hey, Jordan. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. (laughs) No problem. Would you like to tell our listeners a little bit about you and your family for those who maybe don't have Instagram? Yeah, sure. So my name's Matilda Green. I was uh, Matilda Rice, but I got married earlier this year. Um, to my husband, Art Green. And we, for those of you that don't know, we met on The Bachelor uh, almost five years ago now. So that's quite a unique uh, mm-hmm. love story, I guess. And yeah. uh, this year, well, about six weeks ago, um, we gave birth to our first son, Milo, little Milo Green. So we um, co-own a company called Plate Up, which is like healthy, ready-made meals. Um, yeah. And apart from that, we do kind of social media as a job as well. So. Yeah, that's that's kind of us, I guess. Yeah, oh, awesome. And you guys live in Auckland. Uh, we we live up in uh, Walkworth now. We've been uh, we're just okay. about an hour north of Auckland. We've been there since December last year. So yeah, we just felt like a bit yeah. of a change of pace and to get out of the city and you know, good for yeah. kids and 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 whatnot. So yeah, yeah, we love it. Yeah, oh, awesome, very cool. And what was the journey like to pregnancy for you guys? Do you want to take us through that? Yeah, sure. So we'd started kind of 
well, we've always sort of talked about kids for the last few years. Like we definitely knew that we wanted them. Um, but it was only really towards the end of last year that, that we started, you know, thinking seriously about it. And we actually got pregnant really quickly. And I kind of hate saying that because I know that so many women sort of struggle to to get pregnant. So, so I sort of like feel like a bit of a dick saying that, that it, it was so, so quick. But I think part of the reason that it was so quick was because I had been off all forms of contraception for a really long time, just because I wanted to kind of get my body back into its normal, natural cycle. So I'd been off contraception yeah. for probably like two years by the time we were sort of ready to even think about kids. So I think um, that really helped and sort of um, making it be pretty easy. And so it ha- ha- happened a lot quicker than we actually thought. <laughs> and, uh, and then in December of last year, we found out, no, was it December or late November? I think it was early December. Yeah, we found out that we were having, an, having a wee bummer. So, yeah, oh, it was actually awesome. a, lot, a lot easier than, than I expected because I was like, oh, God, it'll take ages, it'll take ages. And then I was like, oh, yeah. okay, no, <laughs> there it is. <laughs> yeah. And were you tracking your cycles? Is that how you sort of knew that you were ovulating or? Yeah. Yeah. So I, um, yeah. I was using, uh, the flow app, I think it was, um, just oh, yeah. to kind of, yeah. um, track my cycle naturally. And I don't think that's for everyone. I guess you've, you've got to have a pretty regular period for, for that to be, um, sure. doable. But yeah, I mean, it worked for us. Oh, cool. And how yeah. did you find out that you were pregnant? Did you miss a period or you had other symptoms that made you think maybe this is it? <laughs> Yeah, so it was actually um, quite funny because we were driving up to our friend's batch and, um, sorry, can, can you hear Milo in, in the background making little noise? <laughs> it's okay. It's fine. It's very cute. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. Um, yeah, so we were driving up to um, Whangarei Heads to our friend's batch um, last summer and I was two days late for my period and I remember thinking like, oh, that is a bit weird because I was usually kind of bang on every time. Um, and I was like, oh, it's probably nothing, but as we were driving up there, I sort of couldn't stop thinking about it. And I said to Art, like, maybe I should just get a pregnancy test just to kind of rule it out. And he was like, oh, okay. You know, both of us were, were really sort of blase about it because we didn't think it would be anything. Um, so we stopped it at this little kind of block of shops um, in Whangarei. And Art went into the four square to get chips and beers. And, um, <laughs> and, and I popped into the chemist to get a pregnancy test. And, and then I just walked like down the road to the skate park and I took the pregnancy test in the public toilet of the skate park, which was like really glamorous. And yeah. then it was positive and I was just kind of in disbelief and I was thinking, oh my goodness, like, is this real? Is this a false positive? What do I do? And so then I came back out and I saw Art just coming out of the four square with his chips and beers. And I was like, Art, Art, it's positive. It's positive. And he was like, what? What do you mean? I was like, the pregnancy test, it's positive. <laughs> so both of us just had, had like a bit of a freak out of the car. And Art, yeah. Art was like, no, I can't get too excited until you've taken another one tomorrow, just because I don't know if these things are accurate or I don't know what the deal <laughs> is. Um, yeah. And then we got to our friend's house, took another one in the morning. And that was positive as well. So that was when we were sort of like, okay, this is, I don't think it's possible to get two false positives in two days. So yeah, yeah it was very, very exciting. And we told our friends straight away. <laughs> so oh, I, been like, I was going to ask you if you told them. Three weeks pregnant or something, but it, but I just couldn't keep it in. I was so excited. So yeah, yeah. it was really cool. Oh, lovely. That's awesome. Yeah. And did you have many um, early trimester symptoms that sort of started to show from there? Well, it was kind of funny because I, I, I didn't have any until I found out. And so I, I think yeah. it's kind of one of those things where like, if you have an itchy bite, 
it's not itchy until you see it and then it's really itchy. Yeah. So yeah, I, I didn't have any symptoms at all. And then I found out then it all kind of started coming on from there. So I had, um, the first things I had was just insane tiredness. I was just absolutely exhausted. Um, like I remember in those early weeks, I'd be, you know, driving home to, to Walkworth from Auckland and, um, and, and I'd, but have to pull over at like, uh, a rewa or something and just sleep in my car for 20 minutes. Cause I was just yeah. like, could not keep my eyes open. I was thinking, this is actually quite dangerous. Um, yeah. So the tiredness was the first thing. And then the old, uh, morning sickness came in. So, so that was good fun. So that lasted for yeah. uh, probably about six months for me, which was kind of annoying. Um, it's oh, long. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Because everyone kept saying, Oh, it'll, it'll go after the first 12 weeks. I was like, okay. So then 12 yeah. weeks came and went and they said, Oh, usually it's 16. And then that came and went. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, it ended up being six months, but that's all right. I mean, at yeah. least I, I sort of didn't have, um, hyperemesis. Is that what it is? Hi- yeah, yeah, hyperemesis. Yeah, my because um, my mum had that during my pregnancy, so I was really worried that that I'd have that too. But I managed oh, okay. to avoid it, luckily. Oh, awesome! Yeah. And did you want to go with a midwife? Did you have many thoughts on what sort of care you wanted for your pregnancy? Yeah, so I definitely wanted a, a midwife, um, just because uh, I have such a respect for for midwives, and I knew that I kind of wanted a, a home birth pretty early on. And then I just, honestly, I didn't really know the process. I had no idea what to do. I, I, I just kind of Googled midwives and just found, found a list and I called a bunch of them and just said, can you look after me? I don't really know what the deal is. Do, like, do <laughs> yeah. I interview you or, you know? Um, and then I found a lovely lady called Donna who she's, she's up in um, Rodney Midwives um, up here in Walkworth. And I called her and she was at the beach and she was like, Oh yeah, sure. I'd, I'd love to look after you. So I went, okay. <laughs> you know, like I hadn't even met her. I didn't really know what the yeah. process was. Um, yeah. And that's how, how I found Donna. So I just didn't really, um, think too much of, uh, just about the, um, obstetrician route. I, I just kind of assumed yeah. that a, a midwife was what I always wanted. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. And did you have any thoughts or sort of, um, Anything on the testing that we do standardly in New Zealand? Did you do all of that through your midwife or what were your thoughts there? Yeah. Yeah. So, so I did all, all the scans and all the blood tests and everything. But again, I, I didn't really know what was mandatory and what wasn't. Yeah. So I just kind of did it all. Um, but the gestational diabetes one, I kind of wish that I had known that it wasn't mandatory just because, you know, it's just a bit it's just a bit of a pain in the bum. You know, you've got to like yeah. go there and drink the gross drink and then sit there for yeah. you know, two hours or whatever. So, <laughs> um, but I'm kind of glad I did because obviously it ruled anything out. So yeah, I, yeah, I'm pretty sure I did all the, all the tests and all the blood tests and all the scans and everything. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. And how were you feeling emotionally throughout your pregnancy? Yeah. So I found pregnancy actually really difficult. I didn't really love being pregnant until the third trimester. Um, yeah. So the first trimester I was just kind of sick the whole time and was really, really exhausted. And and I just kind of felt, I can't really explain it, just not myself. I just felt a bit funny yeah. and really hormones all over the show. I'd get quite teary really easily. <laughs> um, and then towards the second trimester, that, that sort of started to settle down a bit. But I also found, and I know it sounds really, vain and silly, but I found that the changes in my body kind of 
just hard to accept in my mind. Yeah, Um, 100%. Yeah. 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 It's a bit of a funny one because you think logically, like, I'm so lucky to be pregnant and like, and, and having a baby, I'm so happy. I shouldn't be worrying about this vanity stuff, but then you just feel so, so guilty about worrying about it at the same time. So yeah, Yeah. I, I found that kind of difficult to, to accept, but then the third trimester came along and I felt the best I had felt in the whole pregnancy. I was just had probably the most energy. Um, and I was kind of visibly pregnant and I really liked my bump and yeah, I just felt really, really good. So it kind of took a while. Then obviously like in the last sort of week or so I started to feel a little bit over it. Um, but I think that's, that's kind of your body's way of, or nature's way of saying, you know, it's, it's coming up, it's almost time. So yeah. 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 But I think I was pretty lucky, um, towards the end. I I was still um, exercising and everything. Like I remember getting a, um, a tennis coaching lesson, um, up here in Walkworth (laughs) and I was probably, I think I was like 32 weeks pregnant or 33 weeks pregnant. And he was like very concerned. Um, cause I arrived yeah. and I was like, all right, I'm ready to go. And he was like, oh my goodness, you know, don't pick up any balls or like, oh, don't, don't run oh. too much. Don't do this. I was like, I'm fine. I feel great. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But then I started to sort of take it a bit easy towards the end. Cause obviously exercising when you're that big is, gets a little, a little harder. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And were you managing to do sort of most of your normal exercise that you would do throughout the first two trimesters? Not really. So during the first couple of trimesters, I was still kind of like squatting and lunging and doing some weights and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, I, I tried to run a little bit, um, coming into the second trimester, but then that started to just feel a bit weird. Um, so I stopped doing that and then I just got really lazy. Well, not lazy, (laughs) but I just really couldn't be bothered doing anything towards the third trimester. I was just like, Oh God, you know, I'm, I've done enough. <laughs> yeah. So I kind no, of just, I can um, completely relate. <laughs> yeah, totally. So I just kind of stopped doing anything. Yeah. But that's, oh, I, I did do a bit of Pilates actually, which I found really, really nice because obviously it's pretty low oh, yeah. impact. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I didn't have to do any kind of running or jumping or anything. So that was out of the question. Yeah. yeah. No, fair enough. Awesome. And did you have much of a sort of birth plan or obviously you said you mentioned that you thought about a home birth from pretty early on. So mm-hmm. was there a reason that led you down that path or did you get recommendations from others? I'd love to know how you sort of landed there. Yeah. I had always kind of had this dream of having a, a home birth, but um, I didn't really think it was possible just because like, obviously I was quite scared because I think a lot of people are really scared of labor. There's a lot of fear around it. And plus, like if I would tell people that I was thinking of having a home birth, so many people would roll their eyes and be like, Oh, you know, yeah, okay. Or, (laughs) or, um, or they'd ask, Oh, but what if something goes wrong? And what if this happens? And that's so stupid. But I kind of knew that I didn't want to make any decision based out of fear and I knew that if yeah. I birthed in the hospital, then that would be me thinking, oh, but what if something goes wrong? What if something goes wrong? And I just didn't really want to do that. I wanted to birth just ideally where, where I feel comfortable and safe. And f- for me, that's, that's home. Plus I know that with a lot of hospital births, like oftentimes as soon as you get there, you're kind of on the clock. And, yeah. and I really wanted to just birth in my own time and not feel sort of pressure to, to reach certain, you know, milestones at, at certain times. Um, yeah. but it was really difficult for me to be open to other things because, because I, 
kind of became really set on my home birth idea. Um, but I was trying really hard to stay open, like in case something went wrong or like if I, you know, like went to overdue or something like that, I knew that I would have have to go to hospital, but, um, I was trying to stay open, but I just knew that I'd be really (laughs) disappointed if that happened. (laughs) But it was cool actually, because, uh, quite a lot of people said that, Oh, you're so lucky that, that you got your home birth. But I like to think that part part of it was luck, but part of it was the training that I did because I actually worked yeah, of course. quite hard to kind of get the birth that I wanted. I did calm birth courses. I um, practiced all the hypnobirthing stuff, um, the breathing yeah. techniques, perennial massage, all of that. So I think that that kind of helped me get the birth that I really wanted. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And did you do any particular calm birthing or hypnobirthing courses that you'd recommend to others? Yeah, definitely. So I, I took a calm birth course, um, with a lady called Deb Peters and that was, uh, over a weekend. So it was Saturday and Sunday, nine to five. And it was amazing. It was, I highly, highly recommend it because it wasn't just about home births. It was just about having like an empowered birth. So being, being able to feel like you own your decisions and just to turn any birth into a positive experience because I know that so many women like we we just hear such negative birth stories all the time and 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 it can really kind of get you down after a while because it's like where are the positive ones you know (laughs) like I'm sure there there are some people that have positive birth stories which is why I really like your podcast as well because because you can hear from everyone you know like not just the the horror stories yeah. yeah. Cause actually at, at our um, antenatal class, um, up in Walkworth, I think there were like eight of us couples. And on the first night, um, the teacher asked us hand, hands up who has ever heard a positive birth story. And I was mm-hmm. the only one that put my hand up. I was like, yeah. Oh my goodness. That's just, that's just crazy. So yeah. 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 And I also read, uh, the hypnobirthing book. I think it's by Marie Mongan or Mongan. Um, and I found that really, really helpful as well. So that's got a lot of breathing techniques and, um, hypnosis kind of techniques. I I don't think I quite nailed the hypnosis during labor, but I tried anyway. (laughs) It seemed to do something. So, um, yeah, I'd highly, highly recommend that book. I found it really helpful. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. And Mm. did your labor end up starting spontaneously? Do you want to take us through that? Yeah, sure. Oh, I can't wait to talk about this actually, because I feel like I, I I bore people with it when um when they don't ask for it. So I'm excited to to talk about it again. <laughs> um, yeah. So it started on uh, so so I was due 31st of August. Um, oh, hello. Yeah. So I was due 31st of August, and then on the Monday, the second of September. I went to bed and like during the night I, I had a few kind of um, like period pains, just like a couple and, and they sort of um, woke me up and I was like, Oh, that's a bit weird, but I think it's probably just Braxton Hicks. And then in, in the morning I had a couple more and I was like, Oh, it doesn't seem a bit odd. So I called my mum and said, Oh, I've been having these kind of period pains during the night that woke me up. And she said, well, if they're waking you up, that sounds like that's probably the start of contractions. So I got really excited. I was like, Oh, okay. Okay. It's coming. It's coming. <laughs> Um, so that was the Tuesday morning, Tuesday the third. And then by lunchtime that day, the, um, contractions, well, the sort of period pain feeling they they were pretty constant, like within 10 minutes of each other or something. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so that's when I started to get really excited and I was like, 
I think I'm going to have the baby today, you know, like in a few hours. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. So, so that was Tuesday lunchtime that my contractions were kind of every like, yeah, 10 minutes or so apart. So I called my midwife, Donna, said like, Hey, I think, you know, I think I'm in labor. I don't really know if these are Braxton Hicks or labor. I don't know what's going on. And she said, okay, we'll just keep, keep timing them. And then if you get um, three within 10 minutes lasting one minute long, then give me a call and I'll come over. So I was like, okay, cool. So I was timing these contractions like a psycho. Um, and so that happened all, all day long. I just had contraction after contraction, but like every 10 minutes and then, then they'd kind of get down to every five minutes and I was like, Oh, oh okay. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. And then, then they'd go back out to 10 minutes. Then it got to Tuesday night and nothing had really happened that that was just kind of constantly going on, but they were getting a little bit worse. So I had my tens machine that I had rented uh, from the, the company where, where we got our birth pool because we had had that um, set up in the living room. Um, so I had my tens machine and the tens machine was actually amazing because I didn't really know if it would really yeah. help. I couldn't really imagine how it could help, but it actually did. It really did kind of take my mind off the, the um, contractions and, you know, just have something else to focus on. So that night was probably the worst night ever because the contractions were constant, but not constant enough to um, uh, get Donna around. And so it it got to about three o'clock in the or three 30 in the morning. And Art and I had had been up all night watching um, Netflix because I was like, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. You know, (laughs) like I've got these contractions every five minutes and then they'd, they'd get down to like every two minutes and I'd have one or two, then they'd go back to five minutes and then 10 minutes and then five minutes and then two minutes. And it was just, it was awful. <laughs> it was seriously awful. And so I called Donna at like three 30 in the morning and I was in tears because I'd been Googling, you know, like being in labor for 12 hours and nothing's happening. And it said, Oh, the baby could be too big or this could be happening. So yeah. I started getting all stressed out. So I called Donna and I was crying and I was like, I don't know what's going on. You know, like should, should this be progressing? Is he too big? And so bless her, she, she kind of knew that, um, nothing was really going to happen, but she drove over anyway. Um, and, and she just gave me a big hug and she said, I'll come and check you and see, see if you're dilated or anything. And then, then we'll, we'll just, um, go from there. So she, she checked me and she said I was two centimeters and I was like, Oh man. Cause it like at this stage it had been, yeah, like 17 hours or something. And I was just yeah. really, really gutted. And the contractions were not like unbearable, um, but sore enough to be annoying every 10 minutes, you know? So, yeah. so then she, she left and I just, Oh, I know. So she, she left and I just um, jumped in the bath and then that, that kind of continued all morning. And then around lunchtime on the Wednesday. So, so yeah, it started Monday night and then on the Wednesday around lunchtime, things started really kind of ramping up and I was like, just waiting for the next one. Um, so, so at this stage I said to Art, I was like, okay, it's time to fill up the bath. So he was like, right. You know, he, he was like springing in, <laughs> into action. Like this was his sort of big job that he'd been training for. Um, <laughs> yeah. cause the, the, the bath is actually, it was a lot more complicated than I had thought because it's huge and you've got to kind of keep it warm. And we had no idea how to do that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he, he started like, and inflating the bath and getting that all sorted and, and putting out this huge tarpaulin that we'd bought. So I called Donna and I was like, okay, I think something's definitely happening. So she said, right, okay, well, I'll, I'll um, pop over now. And so she, 
she came over at about 1 p.m. I think it was. And then by by 2 p.m. it was kind of all on, like the the contractions were sort of on top of each other and they were getting really, really quite full on. Like I had to really breathe and work really hard to kind of get through them. And that that was when yeah. all the um, breathing techniques really, really came in handy. And so then, yeah, so that, that was at about 2.30 and then at uh, about three three 3.30, um, we started filling up the pool and we uh, also had a power cut, which was the most, the, <laughs> like the worst possible timing. And so then yeah. we ran out of hot water. So it was just warm enough for Art and I to, um, to jump in because I was like, I really have to get into that pool now because the contractions were really full yeah. on, just on top of each other. Um, so Art and I got in and it was about, I think it was like 35 degrees when we got in. Um, and ideally to birth a baby, you want up between 35 and 37. And yeah. so then Donna was like boiling water on the jug. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, on the stove, like in a pot and then pouring it in. It was very like Victorian. Um, yeah. <laughs> but we couldn't, couldn't quite get it warm enough. So, um, Art and I were in the pool for about an hour, just constantly, going through contractions and he was like lifting me up like under my shoulders every time I had one to, um, I don't know, just kind of take the pressure off a little bit, which really helped. So we were in there for about an hour, I think. And then I felt the, the contractions kind of changed. So instead of like a, um, like a pressure sort of feeling on, on, on my pelvis, it was like really, really painful. And then, then I thought, Oh shit, I think something's kind of, um, happening here. And that's when I actually got a little bit scared. So I hadn't been scared the whole time apart from then. Um, just because I thought, well, I think he's actually going to come pretty soon. And, and, and then my body just pushed, like I felt this overwhelming feeling of my whole body just clenching and it pushed. And then I got really, really scared. And I was like, I don't want to (laughs) push. I don't want to push because I'm not ready. Um, and, and that's where Donna and, uh, were really, really incredible. And they, they both just assured me that like, this is normal. This is all kind of part of it. Just keep my breathing techniques up, um, and just try and relax as much as possible. So then the pool had gotten colder and colder. So yeah. So at that point, (laughs) um, she said, okay, well, I think you're not really far away from, from birthing this baby. So I think you should jump out. So I was like, oh, okay. So, so I jumped out of the pool and, and then it was like full, full pushing time. I kind of just knelt down on, uh, kind of, kind of like a squatting frog position and art art was there beside me. And, and then my whole body just took over. It was this incredible, incredible feeling where I was definitely not in control and I had to really, really focus on just relaxing every muscle in my entire body because I knew that he was, you know, coming out. And so I just didn't want to have any sort of tightness down there at all. Yeah. And and so then my body was just uncontrollably pushing and then he sort of started to, to crown. And by this stage, um, there was another midwife that had arrived because for a home birth, you need two midwives for the end sort of part. Um, and I had no idea, like, I didn't even know who, who was in the room. I didn't know there was an extra person there. Um, I was just so kind of internal. And so then he started crowning, um, Milo did, and it was just, 
the craziest feeling because up until then it had been more of like a pressure pain and then yeah. it was more of like a sting because they call it the ring yeah. sting, I think. <laughs> and, and now yeah. I understand it was definitely a sting. And it was actually only about um, 20 minutes of um, pushing and and he came out, which was really, really amazing. I mean, it felt like two hours. I thought that I'd been pushing yeah. for so, so long. Um <laughs> But no, it was actually about 20 minutes. And then I found out that, that, um, Donna and Art were, were like guiding his head slowly back in because he was coming out a little bit too, too quickly. And, um, Donna didn't oh, want yeah. me to tear too badly. But I, I'm really glad they didn't tell me at the time because that would have been, you know, <laughs> yeah. incredibly demoralizing. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so then Donna helped, helped Art, uh, catch him, which was really cool. So Art was the first one to hold him. And mm-hmm. then he, yeah, it was really, really special. And then Art sort of passed him, um, down to me sort of through my legs. And he was so slippery. I honestly couldn't <laughs> hold him. It was so stressful. I was like, I can't hold him. I can't hold him. He, he was like slipping <laughs> out of my arms. Um, yeah. But it was just the coolest, coolest feeling to look down and see his face for the first time. Like this yeah. little, this little guy that has been, you know, a, a part of me for so long, but yet I was meeting him for the first time. It was just, yeah, yeah it was really, really amazing. Quite hard to explain. Yeah. So then he, he was there, which was incredible. And then we just had like a, a few minutes of just sitting together, just staring at him. Um, mm-hmm. then after a few minutes, Donna was like, okay. We're going to have to birth the placenta now. And I just couldn't be bothered, you know, because I was yeah. like, oh, God, I've just been through this whole ordeal. I've just birthed a baby, you know, like I just kind of wanted her to just yank it out. So yeah. <laughs> so then during um, she said, oh, like, are you feeling any kind of cramping going on? And I felt like a little bit of cramping, but not really. And then I just was like, right, I'm just going to get this thing out. So so I just kind of gritted down and pushed and it came out, thank God. And I was just like, oh God, I just don't want to have to deal with this anymore. Like <laughs> yeah. no one go near my vagina ever again. But <laughs> yeah. And so that, that was done. And then being at home was just this amazing feeling because we could just go to our room and I could just yeah. lie down in, in my own bed. It was the nicest feeling. And it was kind of, kind of cool to just have little touches of home. Like they'd, they'd um, yeah. put down this, what do you call those little pads that are kind of I was like, what's the word when it's kind of super clean? You know, um, it's not sanitary. It's like, uh, yeah, yeah, I know sanitized what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. So, so they'd, um, put this mat down like on our bed, but then we, um, came in and our cat was lying on it. She was like, Oh no, we've got to put another one down. It was just this really nice little home touches, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And then we just got into bed with Milo and it was so cool. We'd breastfed for the first time. And yeah, it was just a really, really special beautiful beautiful time it was really really cool I'm really glad yeah. that we got to birth him at home oh, amazing it sounds amazing yeah. and did you know that you were having a boy before he was born yeah yeah so we um we found out at the uh 20 week scan I think it was and honestly we we couldn't have not known because as soon as we saw <laughs> the scan we were like yep yeah, he's definitely yeah. a boy <laughs> But I really yeah. admire people that can keep it a surprise because I just oh, I me had too. to know. Yeah. As soon as I found out I was pregnant, it's like, I must know. Whereas yeah, it seems to no, be like also. a um, generational thing as well because all of our parents are like, no, you've got to keep it a surprise. You can't find I out. Know. It's like, no, I'm definitely finding out. Yeah. My mom says like, it's the only real surprise that you'll ever have in your whole life. I'm like, it's a surprise I'm pregnant. <laughs> I just totally. hope 
Yeah, and yeah. I feel like there's lots of surprises to do with babies. Like labor's a bit yeah. of a surprise, you know, the first few yeah. weeks. There's, there's <laughs> lots. You know? Yeah, yeah. Oh, awesome. And so obviously you said that you went um, to your room and you spent those first few hours together and he latched on okay. What was mm-hmm. the process from there? So did the midwife stay for a while or what What was that like? Yeah. So, so they, um, they stayed for, uh, three hours afterwards. So he was born at, um, 5.59 PM on Wednesday, the 4th of September. And then they, they stayed for three hours afterwards and, um, checked me over and they found out that, that I had a little, um, second degree tear. So they stitched that up and, um, just kind of weighed him and checked him over and, um, helped him kind of latch on for the first time. And, yeah. and then it was just this really cool time. I felt like we were all just sort of hanging out as friends because we'd been through this really full on experience. <laughs> it was Donna and Nikki and Art and I and Milo. And we were all just like talking about how awesome it was and while wow, like yeah. checking him. And it was just, it was really, really nice. And then all of a sudden I was just ravenously hungry because I hadn't really <laughs> eaten. Um, in the last sort of two days and I was like, Oh my yeah. God, I must eat. And so then Art ordered a pizza and went and picked it up and we just ate it in bed. <laughs> and it was just, yeah, it was really, really nice. And so they left at about, yeah, nine or nine thirty, I think it was. And that was yeah. a really weird feeling because then we were just kind of lying in bed with this new baby looking at him being like, okay, you know, now we, yeah. <laughs> now we have, now we have a child, you know, like, what do we, yeah. what do we do? Do we change it now? Do we, yeah. <laughs> How do you look after a baby? Um, yeah. yeah, but that first night was, was really special. We just like watched him the whole night. He was in his bassinet and we just got no sleep because we were so in tune with his breathing. Like if he was breathing yeah. loudly, that would wake us up. Or if he stopped kind of being loud, then, then we'd wake up too and think, oh, is he still breathing? Um, yeah. but it was really awesome. Yeah, it was beautiful. So you obviously said that you spent those first few hours in bed and then you've, you've spent the night <laughs> listening to him breathing, which I think I'll be definitely <laughs> doing the same thing too. Yeah, you absolutely um, will. <laughs> how did you find the next few weeks? Obviously you've got a newborn and you're a new mum, and it's something totally new that you haven't experienced before. So what was that like? Mm-hmm. Um, the first couple of weeks were pretty tough actually, because we weren't going to go to, um, the, birthing center up up here in Walkworth because I thought like, Oh, yeah. like it'll be fine. Um, we'll kind of figure it out as we go along. But then that morning I was having quite a bit of trouble latching them on and it was just a little bit stressful. And I thought, well, I may as well just take up the opportunity while it's here. Cause I probably won't get it yeah. back to have that help. So we decided to head to Walkworth uh, birthing center. So we went there the morning after he was born and we stayed there two nights and, uh, that was really, really helpful just because I had no idea that breastfeeding would be so challenging for me because the, the first challenge was that he was so sleepy. Like he was literally <laughs> just, honestly, we couldn't wake him up. He, he must've been really exhausted from the birth or something. I feel like he just slept solidly for the first three days of his life. Um, yeah. so kind of keeping him awake long enough to, to feed was a challenge in itself. And then he just was so tired. He couldn't really like open his mouth properly or he was just, just couldn't be bothered. So it was really quite Mm. challenging. And then my nipples were just out of control sore, Yeah, (laughs) which I wasn't really expecting either. And then it was just, yeah, breastfeeding was just really, really hard. Like over the next week or so, like after we left the um, birthing center, it was still really hard. And I found myself kind of not wanting to, 
feed him just because I yeah. found it so painful and my nipples were so sore um, that I began kind of resenting feeding, which was really quite hard for me mentally as well because I was like, yeah, oh my God, yeah. he's my child, but I don't really want to feed him. So that was really, really difficult. Um, but I found that nipple shields really helped as well. And these little, uh, they're like s- silver nipple covers. I'm not sure if you've, you've seen them. I think they're called like silverette. They really, really help too. But, but those oh, okay. first um, couple of weeks, I think, yeah, like I think I had a little bit of baby blues. I don't think it was um, depression or anything. Like even though I did yeah, yeah. Um, Google that, I was like symptoms of postnatal depression because I actually thought I had it. Like I think for the first yeah. two two weeks, I cried at some stage every single day. Um, yeah. I, I, I think it was just a mixture of a little bit of tiredness, overwhelm and a little bit of kind of mourning like your old life as well. Just, yeah. just because yeah, I felt course. like, um, cause he, he was feeding 24 seven. Um, I sort of felt like just like a bit of a prisoner for want of a better word, you know, like I was yeah, just yeah. kind of in, yeah in the living room feeding him all day, every day while Art was kind of going to Auckland for meetings and like doing different things and then getting yeah. to the gym. And, and I just felt a bit, yeah, I just felt a bit kind of overwhelmed and frustrated. Um, yeah. But, but that sort of went away like after the first two, two weeks, I think like as soon as we got into the swing of breastfeeding a little bit more and when I had accepted it a bit more in my own mind, this sort of new life, like rather than, than fighting it and kind of looking at the bad things. I was looking at all the good things and just falling more and more in love with this tiny little guy every day yeah. as well. And so, um, yeah. yeah. And now we're, we're six weeks in and I just love it. I love <laughs> the whole journey and feeding's going really well. And he's just the coolest little guy. So yeah. Yeah. But I think it's just natural for, for those first two weeks to, to just be a hormone, yeah, hormone, for sure. hormonal nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause every single yeah, one of my friends that I've spoken to that have had babies, they went through exactly the same thing. I think it's just the adjustment period that, you yeah. know, sends your hormones into a flurry. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. what about your physical recovery from birth? Obviously you said that you needed some stitches, but you also had um, a really beautiful home birth, which I think make, can make a big difference to the way that your body recovers. So how did you find mm-hmm. that physically? Yeah, I, I I didn't find the recovery too bad. Like the first um, couple of days, like I could sort of hardly walk for for that long. Um, yeah, just because there, there was like a bit of sort of bruising and the the stitches were quite sore. But it wasn't too bad. Like within the first week, I could kind of go for small walks. Or then if I had gone a bit hard, then then it would get a bit sore. Then and I'd rest for yeah. like another day or two. Yeah, but it really wasn't that that bad actually. We we've got a um a homeopath friend who she um like gave me this little kind of remedy that you wash your bits with um every day. Um that really helped, I think. So I don't actually know what oh, okay. it is, but I'll try um find out and then tell you if yeah. you want to put in the notes or whatever. Um yeah, yeah awesome. and that really, really, really helped. So yeah, like I I, I felt like I was pretty much a hundred percent kind of healed, probably in four weeks I'd say like that's when yeah. I started to to feel you know like back to normal oh he's doing a lot of sneezes sorry <laughs> he's <it's> okay <laughs> yeah. um yeah yeah so so about four four weeks I think like I don't think I'm 
fully back to normal, but, um, yeah. yeah, but I feel pretty good. Like I've been to a women's physio and she said that there's like a little bit of bladder coming in a little bit, but she said to yeah. just keep strengthening that, um, uh, perineum and like keep doing your pelvic floor exercises every day. And hopefully it should be, should be back to normal by, you know, 12 weeks or so. Yeah. No, awesome. I was going to ask you if you'd been to see a woman's health physio. So I'm very pleased to hear that you have. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I heard some, some, uh, horror stories because I felt fine. And so I thought, Oh, I wonder if I could start kind of going for a jog again or, or like a little yeah. bit of a run. But I've heard a couple of horror stories of some women saying that they felt totally fine six weeks after birth. Um, so they got back into exercise and high intensity stuff and then had a prolapse two years later. So I was uh, like, oh, yeah. okay, that, that sort of freaked me out a bit. So I thought, well, I, well, I may as well talk to a professional and yeah. just take it as, as slowly as possible. So yeah, I'm in no rush. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Lovely. And is there any advice or sort of words of wisdom, I guess, that you'd give to someone who's considering a home birth or even how you found going about getting the pool and all of those sorts of things that you need? Um, yeah, my advice for home birth would be, um, uh, do as much research as you possibly can. Um, watch some positive home, home birth stories on YouTube. Like I, I, I got really <laughs> obsessed with those ones. Um, yeah, I am too. <laughs> yeah, they're so awesome. And practice your breathing yeah. techniques as much as possible. Cause honestly, the, the breathing is what got me through. It's like nature's pain relief. It was incredible. And just making sure that your support people, uh, or person are completely on board with it as well. Um, yeah, just because I really wanted to make sure that everyone in the room, um, was totally in it. Like I didn't want anyone kind of freaking out and thinking like, Oh, like, should we go to hospital now? Or like, is that normal or yeah. is that normal? Um, yeah. And, and art was in, incredible. So he had sort of practiced the breathing techniques with me. So he knew what to tell me, like what to kind of remind me of. Um, he was really, really incredible. So yeah. And on, oh, and in terms of the, the pool, so we got ours from, um, Aquabub and yeah. I would definitely recommend setting it up ahead of time, just as like a bit <laughs> of a trial because art yeah. was like, you know, siphoning water from the pool. And it was just, it was really quite, it was a bit more complicated <laughs> than I had initially thought and make sure that your hot water cylinder can cope with it. Um, yeah. ours would have been fine without the power cut, but we have a huge yes. hot water cylinder as well. Um, so yeah, just make sure that, that you've got a, a plan in place and for a hot shower afterwards, because I had a friend that <laughs> had a home birth and then didn't have enough water for a oh, um, no. hot shower afterwards. And I was like, <sighs> yeah. that's, that's tough. So yeah, yeah, just try and try and pre-plan it as, as much as you possibly can. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Yeah. And is there anything else that you'd like to include in your sort of birth story or the journey that you guys have been on? We've kind of covered everything, but I just want people to know that birth can be enjoyable. You know, like it, yeah. like it doesn't have to be something to be feared. Um, yeah. And that's, that's kind of it. I think that's it for me. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing your story, Matilda. I think it's so lovely to hear a, a really positive birth story and B one that's a home birth, which is a little bit different for some people, which is yeah, awesome. So thank you so much for coming on and sharing with us. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It was really cool to chat. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Kiwi Birth Tales podcast. I really hope you enjoyed it. 
I'd love to hear your feedback. So either leave a review on the podcast app that you're listening on or head to our Instagram at KiwiBirthTales and leave a comment there. If you're interested in sharing your birth tale, then please head to the Instagram page and use the email link to get in touch. Thanks again for listening. I really look forward to sharing the next episode with you.